In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Jay Gibb about growing your e-commerce business using a customer referral program. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 75. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of Drip is the Visual Workflow Builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation rules visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation rules. It's powerful, but also easy to learn, unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation. To get a demo of Drip today, you can go head over to drip.com BOE. That's drip.com BOE. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pileski, and I'm here today with Jay Gibb. Jay is the founder of CloudSponge, where he's an expert in referral programs. I have Jay on the show today to talk about how you can use an e-commerce referral program to help grow your business. So, hey, Jay, how are you doing today? Doing well. How you doing, Charles? Doing well. So I want to start off. So I haven't heard the term very often, um, kind of referral programs. I know a little bit about it, but kind of what exactly is a referral program? Like how would you even define that to get started? Okay. Yeah. So usually when people use the expression or the term referral program, they're talking about um, something where they're existing customers. In other words, people that have purchased something from them uh, are referring friends or colleagues or people they know um, to purchase similar products, right? It's different from an affiliate program, which I'm sure you've talked about a lot on your podcast. Because uh, usually an affiliate program, the affiliates aren't necessarily customers. They can just be good bloggers or marketers that are earning a commission by sending you traffic. Whereas a referral program, um, because it's, it's something that you are asking your existing customers to do for you, usually you're going to give them some kind of reward if they do it, right? Especially if they do it successfully. Uh, so, you know, lots of, lots of e-commerce sites out there have a referral program where, um, you know, if you, if you purchase a product uh, and then, you know, you send a coupon for that product, for example, to somebody you know, and that's, that person buys it, then you can maybe get a discount on your next purchase or something free or some kind of reward for sending them a paying customer. So it definitely has a lot of components that are similar to, um, to an affiliate program, but you know, the, the rewards are really the place where it becomes different. So it's kind of like the refer friend sort of thing. You know, I bought X and then because I refer you now I get a discount on my next, whatever that is. Um, I kind of see this a lot of like description, right? Where you're, you're paying, um, you know, for, just like a box type program, right? Where you get the box every month of shaving or whatever it is, products, and you refer five friends and because they all signed up, now you get the next five months for free, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, that's that's one very popular thing. And then, and then the other side of it that tends to work really well with e-commerce, in some cases it works much better, is actually to give your customer a, a way to get their friends a discount 
So they're a lot of times they're different from affiliates in that they're more interested in hooking their friends up with a good deal than they are in like earning, you know, a gift card or a discount on their next purchase. And so I think every, every store owner should test those things and figure out which one works for their customer base and their product. Um, but most of the time a referral uh, reward for both parties is going to be the thing that's most successful. Okay. So you're saying use this code because I'm giving you this code. You're actually going to get some, the person giving and receiving both get something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the famous ones out there, um, is the Airbnb program. I know that's kind of tangentially similar to e-commerce, but it is, you know, it is a marketplace. It's pretty similar. And what they do is, um, you know, if you, if you send a referral to your friends, your friends are going to get, I don't know, it changes all the time, but let's say it's 50 bucks off their first booking. And if they book something, then you're going to get 50 bucks off your next booking. Right. Okay. And so you're sending it to your friends because you want to help them save some money. And then they're sort of compelled to do it because they know if they do it, you're going to save some money next time too. Right. And so it ends up being something where everybody is being sort of altruistic about it. And that's, you know, psychologically something that just seems to work really well in, in those types of transactions. Yeah. And I feel like if, as just an end user, right, for you to share it on Facebook or with your network or wherever it is, if it's just, hey, buy it from here, I'm going to get some money, that feels a little, you know, not a lot of people want to ask that, right? Versus saying, hey, buy it from here, you'll get some money. I'll get a little too, but you'll actually get a big discount too, and we'll both win. feels a little more like we're doing this together sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that'll tend to work better also with like direct, direct sharing rather than, you know, putting a unique link on a Facebook, your Facebook wall or your Twitter feed or whatever. Um, again, another thing worth testing is uh, finding ways to let your users directly share those with specific individuals. So via email, which is, seems to be the most, um, the one that performs best. Because, you know, you get an email from your friend. This is from them to you with a message they wrote for you. Uh, it's a lot more personal. It's, maybe it's less scalable, but if the conversion rate is higher, then it's probably worth doing. Um, and then the same thing applies with other messaging platforms like, you know, Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp where, you know, it's a specific individual who's sending a message to somebody um, and it's not necessarily something that's just widely posted on a feed somewhere that's easy to ignore, right? Yeah. Okay. So same thing. You always see like, um, you always have that friend that runs the, uh, you know, a marathon and wants to help sponsor it. And when they send out that thing on Facebook, you kind of just scroll past it when they send an email directly to you, you can't, you can't just ignore them, right? Like you're going to see them eventually. So you have to either respond to the email or do something. So it's one of those things that right. one-to-one almost forces someone to take some sort of action, whether it's a no or a yes, but at least they're going to do something back to you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You kind of, it kind of compels the response, right? It's not so, not so easy to just scroll right on past it. Gotcha. What kind of yeah. e-commerce, like what kind of type of business you see using this? Any kind of, verticals or it makes the most sense in uh so we've seen we've seen it being used in uh subscription box businesses quite a lot and just in ordinary e-commerce businesses um and then like marketplaces are the three the three big categories that we have um using using our software for their referral programs okay subscription box i completely i can see where that's gone right where they you know 
they're paying 30 bucks a month, but if they refer someone for each person, they get a free month, something like that. I'm guessing that's kind of the, the deal most people are doing. Yeah. So there's something similar, right? Everybody's a little different, but yeah, that's the basic structure most of the time. Yeah. How about in a standard e-commerce business? What's kind of the reward you're giving for that? What will people do, uh, typically do? Yeah, most of the time you can think of it more like coupons, like personalized coupons, I guess. Um, we've already kind of talked about it, right? Where you get, you buy something and then at the end of the checkout process, because you don't really want to interrupt your customers before they've checked out, right? As everybody I'm sure knows. But on that thank you page, after they've gone through the checkout, you can say, hey, you know, you just bought a pair of socks. You know, if you know anybody else that might like these socks, then, you know, here's a place where you can send them a link. And they'll they'll get a you know five dollars off or twenty dollars off or ten percent off or whatever it is you want, um, and then that's your opportunity to do some testing and figure out what messaging works and sort of what rewards are going to work best for both sides of that transaction, right? Uh, but usually you want to put it you know hang it off the end of a checkout process. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point right there too, right? Because that checkout process, right? You don't want to. Unless you really know, like, this is the thing I want to do, you never want to touch that flow in, inside the checkout process from add to cart to the actual checkout. That kind of has to stay as is. But the stuff on the end is where you can experiment and play, right? Because if you do something that's wrong, you still got the checkout, so you're still okay. And if you got something and you up the rate, you know, um, like recapture type email, like um, upsells, cross sells, that sort of thing, just doing anything like that is just an addition. So you can test, you can try things and it's not something that if it doesn't work, it's like tank the business. If it doesn't work, you just try something else. So adding it after is really kind of one of the keys there. I'm imagining where you can get people to adopt it much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And it, personally, I, I used to get that experience with my, uh, one of my business partners, myself, uh, at the end of the Amazon checkout process, because this is way back when Amazon mostly just sold books and we were, you know, always buying books, like business books. And pretty much every book that he read, he wanted me to also read. And every book that I read, I wanted him to also read. So we would buy a book on Amazon. And then it was like reflex at the end of that process, like send him a coupon for the same book. Because I, I know he's going to read it. He's going to want to read everything I've read. So the next time we hang out, we can talk about it. <laughs> so I'm going to send him a 10% off coupon. And that was that was something that I probably used that feature 50 times over the course of a couple of years, right? Yeah, I see. So you basically, so same deal, you bought the book and you're basically pulling out that address from your friend and saying, I want these three friends to actually get exactly the same thing I just got and let's yep. just shoot it right to them. Right, yep. Very cool. So then what do you, what do you actually, it's just talking about Cloud, Cloud Sponge too, you're using that to pull out their email and then what do you actually, once you get their address, how you actually... How do people actually email these folks? Um, like, what do they? What's that process look like? Yeah, so CloudSponge customers generally already have a referral program that functions that uses most of the time they're using some kind of transactional or uh, marketing email provider. So they're using in the transactional category they're going to be using SendGrid or Mailgun or Mandrill, um, and on the on the marketing email side they'll be using you know, active campaign or MailChimp or, uh, you know, one of those guys in that, in that vertical drip was actually a sponsor of last week's show. So there we go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. They'll use drip as well. Um, and you know, they usually our customers, they've got a referral program. It's working well. They're already sending those emails and they just want to multiply its performance because it's already working and they want to keep it and double down on it. 
And so what we do for them is we just we give them a widget, like a JavaScript widget, that they can point at an, a field where previously they'd be having like their customer enter in. I'm, I'm sure everybody that's listening has seen this before. Like, please type in a comma-separated list of your friends' email addresses, uh, maximum 20, which is laughable, right? Like, who's going to, on their smartphone or on their, like, who's going to switch between a browser window 20 times to go copy and paste a bunch of email addresses into a list, right? Nobody's going to do that. Um, so what we're doing for them is we just give them buttons they can put near that field, like a Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook.com, AOL buttons, so that people can click on those links, view their address book inside the browser without leaving the e-commerce website, search and select the people that they want to share with, and then when they exit our widget, that field is now completely populated with a comma-separated list of email addresses and the user didn't have to type anything, didn't have to memorize anything, didn't have to leave the browser to copy and paste everything. They just did it right there in the window. And just doing that, adding our buttons to that functionality will typically multiply the number of referrals that are sent by two or three times. Okay, so you're basically sucking it out of whether, is it a desktop or it can run on the mobile, it doesn't matter, right? But whatever the address book is, you can suck contacts out of that that's right yeah we're integrated with about 50 of them um depending on where your audience is like assuming your audience is mostly um you know in north america then you know gmail yahoo uh, outlook.com aol icloud are probably the ones that matter the most to them um around the world you know we have we're integrated with address books in in all over europe and in asia as well and south america so it kind of depends on where they're at, right? Uh, but our job is to make sure that it's really easy for people to authenticate with wherever they store their contacts and display them in their browser um, without leaving, whether they're in a, on a mobile device or on their desktop, it doesn't matter. Okay, so same way they, um, I'm picturing that thing on LinkedIn. Every time you go to add a contact, where it brings up every other contact on the planet, goes, do you know any of these people? And you're like, sure, yeah, I know, I know some of them, I guess. And you just kind of add people. So it's something like that where you kind of just pop up this thing of, hey, want to just, you can select off these people and hit okay. And then it just does its thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's basically like an alpha, alphabetically sorted list of everybody who's in your address book. And, you know, if you're on a phone, it's got that like tappable alphabet along the right margin. So you can jump to different letters of the alphabet. Across the top, it's got a search field where, you know, as you're typing somebody's name, the first couple letters of their name, it's sort of, pre-guessing what you might be typing to make it so you don't have to type the whole thing. And it kind of goes through all the typical expected UI components that I think, you know, you know, internet users expect nowadays and just makes it really convenient for them to be able to, to select those people and, and populate that field on your website um, without, without getting frustrated. Okay. So easily pulls the contacts out. And then let's say people are using drip a constant contact or one of those active campaign, what actually happens next? Like where, where are they doing the actual sending of that process? Yeah. What happens next is different for every one of our customers. Like we don't provide that for them. So we don't prescribe anything specific. Uh, but typically what happens is they're going to submit that the user is going to submit that form. And it's going to send a list of email addresses to the back end of the service in, in, uh, you know, if they're using WooCommerce, it'll be the WordPress backend, you know, whatever. 
and then they'll have an integration that actually sends those emails and like loops through the list and and send those personalized emails to you know the drip api or whichever whichever api they want to use for their business right okay so they're getting some sort of let's just say a tag with a tag with a specific product so it's all pulling together from the checkout page your product everything pulls together and drops them onto let's just say a list and then fires off an email saying you know hey jay just bought this book but he really wants you to read it send some personalized message and kind of fires off to them right yeah, that's right. And the and the the e-commerce e stores that are really trying to optimize and they really are investing in doing this, they'll just be really careful about those emails, right? Some of the things they'll do is they'll make sure that the sender's um, name appears in the subject line. Like, Jay wants you to look at this book just so that I know that this is coming from Jay or in the from field of the email, it'll say, like, Jay Gibb via e-commerce store name yeah right so this email like so they this the recipients of these emails see a name that they recognize the person that's sending this to them right and bonus points you know we have some some of our customers have gone so far as to use gravatar and display the sender's face and say like jay really wants you to see this like here's his face like it's definitely from jay and they've been really <laughs> really gone as far as they can in terms of demonstrating to the recipient of these emails that it's it's not just a marketing email it's not spam it's it's being delivered to them because somebody that they know really wants them to have it and see it right yep what are the kind of best practices have you found kind of to get people to open those emails and recognize hey it's not like you know it's not some random e-commerce site email me it's my friend jay and jay it's really this is you know although it's from the e-commerce site it really is jay telling me about this how do you kind of, what have you seen to get people to really understand that? Yeah, so those ones, the ones I just mentioned are important. Those are the first ones that come to mind, right? Using the person's name in, in the subject line or the from field. Because a lot of times the recipient of these emails hasn't heard of your store before, right? And so they, in order for them to care, they, they need to see something that they recognize. Otherwise, they're just going to just archive it, right? assume that it's spam worse they're going to unsubscribe and you're never going to be able to email them again right um so those are a couple of the important ones another important one is um if if possible let your let the sender personalize a message right let them give them a, a form field like a text area on your website that allows them to type something in their own words uh because then every email that goes out is a little different. And you're not just sending the same email to everybody who uses this form on your website, right? And it gives, your, it gives the sender an opportunity to maybe say why. Like, why do I think you need a pair of socks? Or why do I think you're going to enjoy this book? Or whatever, right? Yeah, so keep them personalized. Totally get that. So then is there anything with, like, deliverability kind of the retail needs to worry about? Or is that kind of all handled by the... Uh... ESP email service provider, or is that like, because it's, it's not really coming from Jay, it's coming from my e-commerce site. Right. So I'm just, is there anything I need to worry about there? Or is that just a non-issue? Like, you know, the provider worries about that for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I get, that's definitely not my specialty, but, uh, yeah, the, the ESPs are going to be the ones that are highly motivated to make sure that, that deliverability is high because it's a super competitive vertical and they won't be in business if they can't, get into the inboxes. Um, 
so that for me is is a sort of if, if you start to have deliverability issues then consider changing to a different esp hmm. and that that's email service provider yep um, and then we've had some some of our customers have have experimented with um, in sort of like a modified version of a mail to link because like mail to links in general are a terrible user experience I think I think most people agree um, but if they're using a product like CloudSponge and they're identifying beforehand which tool they use for their email so they're they're telling you like I use Yahoo because they're clicking on a Yahoo button to import their address book, right? Now you know that they're going to use Yahoo to send this email. You can actually create a customized version of a mail to link to open up a composer, like a Yahoo mail composer window with everybody that they selected from their address book in like a BCC field, right? Okay. And so there's obviously some huge trade-offs there. Because the BCC field thing isn't perfect, There's, it's not great to do that. Um, but if you're optimizing for deliverability, that might be the best because then it's going literally from this person's Yahoo address to their friends. And then you're bypassing spam, and you, you're not going to be in that promotions tab. You'll be in the inbox, right? If you're doing that. Yeah, you're not going to use an ESP at all. You, you really, this really looks like a direct email from a person to another person. So it, you're going to really it, at that point, it really is, right? Like it's really someone's just open to Yahoo and you basically pre-populate it. You're essentially using someone's Yahoo, right? But you're pre-populating the email. Right. Yeah. So you can experiment with that. The trade-offs there are, um, you know, you'll get better deliverability, but you are using the BCC field, which doesn't allow you to personalize the message for each individual. Basically all of these people are going to receive the same message and uh, they may or may not like, feel comfortable about a message where they're not in the two field. Like, I, I don't know, right? It depends. You got to do some testing with your customer base. And then the other trade-off is when you do it that way, you don't get any of the, the uh, metrics that you get from ESPs. You don't get open rates, click-through rates, uh, any of that stuff. You just don't get any of it, right? And so if that stuff is important to your business and you're sort of in a mode where you really want to optimize your subject lines, you want to optimize like your from fields and all that kind of stuff. It might be better to start with an ESP so that you can get all those metrics until you feel like you sort of optimize it as much as you can and then experiment with, you know, launching those Yahoo or Google and Outlook.com composer windows instead. Got it. Okay. Because then if you're going direct with email, it's basically this, you have like two data points. You know how many, you actually don't have many, you don't know how many were sent, but you just know how many coupons came back. So it's basically, you know, they could have sent out a thousand in the BCC and you got two back or they could send out two and you got two back. So you don't even know if it's a, you know, a hundred percent or 0.2% at that point. Um, but once you go through an ESP, you can open rate, click through rate, like add to, add to cart. You can literally just follow them all the way down the funnel. So you can really understand what that process looks like. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And with, with the mail to link or equivalent, all of the recipients are going to receive the same email, which means you're, you don't have the benefit of metadata that you would have with an ESP where, you know, with an e all of these ESPs, every record has the option of, of having a unique variable, right? So, you know, the ESP is going to loop through a big long list and it's going to, every single email is going to be customized so that you can track them all independently, right? And you kind of, 
you sort of don't allow you don't have any of that functionality if you use like a mail to link right so okay so it really depends like, on what you're trying to optimize for so you're talking like link clicks that sort of thing because if it's if you put a link using esp you can see not just how many people clicked it but who clicked it specifically so as soon right. as they click it registers first with the bcc even if you use like a like a bitly link it still it just tells you clicks but you don't know who these clicks were it could have been the same person 50 times they could have forwarded it you're not really sure at that point it just kind of you got yep. a bunch of clicks. Exactly. Yeah, you, you said that much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> how many people typically do, I'm trying to think how to word this correctly, but when someone does this type of referral, how many friends do they typically refer? Is this like, you know, they buy the book and refer like one or two friends, or is this something someone goes in the address book and just select all and just, <laughs> let's send this out to, you know, a thousand people today. Like, what do yeah. people typically do? The only thing that I can sort of comment on with that is averages right like it's yeah. kind of i don't i don't really know uh with every every company is different every um every experiment with rewards is different right but what we do see is if you imagine a page where you're asking users to type in a comma separated list of email addresses manually you'll get out of every page view on that page it'll, let's say another way to say it actually is you you know out of a hundred and or so page views, you might get one email address. Like people just aren't motivated to do that. It's too much work, right? You have to have a super super good um, uh, reward for them to be motivated enough to actually go and and type in email addresses. If they're on a mobile phone, it's it's less than one, right? Yep. And it's very very rare for somebody on a mobile phone to actually have the patience to type in a comma separated list of email addresses, like more than one, right? It just doesn't happen. Uh, and so what we've generally collected anecdotally is anecdotally because we don't actually get this data in our system because we're just doing the address book part, but we do talk to a lot of customers and what we've gathered is only about 5% of people that see that page are going to click on the, one of the cloud sponge buttons, right? So out of all the people that see the page, like one out of 20 is going to click on the Gmail or Yahoo or Outlook.com button to, to view their address book, right? But those 5% will generate 50 to 70% of the referrals that are sent. Like they'll generate a lot, especially if you've got good rewards. And so it's worth, it's worth doing. And, you know, those ones, you know, in order to, you know, I haven't done the math actually to answer your question because I wasn't prepared for it. Um, but, you know, if, I'm, I'm sure we could do the math and figure out, like, what does that mean as far as an average number of email addresses inserted into that field per, per person? Uh, and it's, uh, it's much better than making them type, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, on my mobile, to make me type, you'd have to offer, like, a a free car for me to put in a list of three email addresses or something. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. And right. I find that interesting. Only 5% of people though. So you said after checkout, only 5% actually are even going to refer one person. Is that kind of the number? Yeah. So 5% of the people who send at least one referral will use their address book to do so. Okay. How, do you know how many people send at least one referral? What that number is? I wish I did. No, that's okay. something that we, unfortunately, we don't have visibility into that. Like that's the, our customers analytics that would know that. Um, and so this is really just anecdotal. Okay. Um, but you know, the point is that not everybody is 
understands what those buttons are for. And out of the people who do understand, not all of them are comfortable sharing their address book. Like there's obviously some privacy issues there. And some people are just like, there's way too many people that I care about in my address book. There's no way I'm going to share that with this e-commerce website. Uh, and that's fair. That's fine. And not everybody's going to do it. Um, but 5% of them will, right? Um, so it's 5% so of people who see, click on it will actually do it. Or what's a 5% from where to where? 5% of the people who send at least one referral will use their address book to do so. Okay, got it. So some people are still, so when you pop up this little send it to a friend form, some people will still opt to just type it in, but there's 5% of people who will say, hey, let's pull it out of my address book. And out of those people, that, that accounts for what percentage of the referrals? Half. Half, okay. Or, or, more, or more. Okay, so it sounds like one right. of those levers that if you can like slightly optimize and just even get first, just obviously just add the button, right. And try to use your address book. Cause that alone is going to get you double. If, if you're doing this at all, we don't know that number, but if you're doing this at all, just adding your address book will essentially double your rate, right. It accounts for half. So kind of it doubles the total rate. And if you could even yeah, optimize I'll... that, like a small percentage, that sounds like a pretty huge win. It is. Yeah. And all of our happiest e-commerce customers are the ones who sort of come to cloud sponge and they've already got a referral program that, where they're type they're asking their users to type in email addresses, like a common separated list of email addresses. And they've already got that. And it's already a flywheel that's spinning and it, it functions and it does produce some revenue for them. And that revenue has a super low customer acquisition cost, right? Because all they have to do is send an email, right? And then they discover CloudSponge and they add our buttons to that field and it'll more than double the number of referrals that they get, right? So out of that out of that referral channel, they'll double or triple the performance of that channel with five minutes of work of, of plugging in the CloudSponge JavaScript widget. Got it. Okay. So you're, so you spent at CloudSponge specifically finding people that are already doing this and it's literally just a way of squeaking out this extra margin out of this channel that's already working and just make it work more, better type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we don't provide the referral program. We don't send emails. We don't do any of that, that stuff. That's all stuff that's sort of um, brought to the table by our customers. So we don't care if they're, if it's a custom e-commerce solution, if they're using like WooCommerce or Magento or Shopify or whatever they're using, doesn't matter to us. Right. All we know is they've got a referral program that's functioning and they want to make it they want to double or triple his performance, then they can plug CloudSponge in to make that happen. Got it. Do you have any insight into what people are actually using for the referral part of it? Are they just using, are they going in to the ESP itself and cut doing this like big workflow customization? Or is there like some other referral program software that somehow this all ties together with? There's a lot of referral program software. It's a huge vertical. Um, and there's, you know, your customer or your, your listeners, if they're, um, you know, on Shopify or WooCommerce or Magento, like all those places, like they all have referral program plugins and like the marketplace for. Uh, and some of those have CloudSponge integrated. Some of them don't. Like, obviously, we don't have the entire market covered yet. Um, but... That's generally what they use. If they're not, like a lot of our customers are the ones that are sort of optimizing. And so they've got an engineering team. And so I don't actually know what platforms they use. Like like uh, Stitch Fix, for example, is one of the ones that we've written about on our website that 
uh, you know, it's a big public company, right? Like, I don't know what they use for their platform. Most likely it's custom, right? But, but you have already, you already have integrations with other referral program software, right? Yeah, we're, we're integrated with maybe about 10 of them. What are some, um, what are some of the top, like three or four big ones for any even? For e-commerce, uh, probably friendbuy.com is one of the big ones. Um, and they seem, they've been around for as long as we have. And then they've for a long, actually longer than we have. Um, and I think they've got plugins for all the major e-commerce stores like Shopify and WooCommerce and stuff. Um, so friendbuy is probably the one that's most likely to be interesting for your audience. Um, some of the bigger ones, like the ones that are more enterprise level, one is, is called extol, uh, E-X-T-O-L-E.com. Uh, and another one's called Talkable.com. Uh, and so those are three that are integrated with us that we love and we refer people to all the time. Because a lot of times after a conversation like this with somebody like you, we'll get people coming to CloudSpring saying, hey, why don't you guys to do my referral program? And then I have to disappoint them and say, sorry, like we don't actually do that, but go check out FriendBuy or Talkable or, or Extol and they can help you, right? And so we're sort of in the in the middle of that and we're able to make those referrals. Once I understand sort of what the person's really looking for and what kind of business they're in, then usually I can make an intelligent recommendation for which platform they should look at. Okay. So if someone's out there listening right now, um, step one, if you haven't done that already, is start a referral program, something like that. And then once they already have that and they're getting, they get whatever their rates are, they're fine. They get, they're getting whatever return they're going to get from that. Then they can use something like CloudSponge to basically enhance that same return. Right. So, but CloudSponge isn't the first, it's the step after you have the referral program going, is what you're saying? Yep. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're like an optimization solution for referral programs. Yeah. Awesome. All right, this is uh, super helpful. If people want to find more about you guys, what you're working on, what can they do so? Uh, cloudsponge.com is the best place to learn about CloudSponge, of course. And uh, reaching out to me personally, just use LinkedIn for that. You can just search for my name. I'm sure you guys will put it in the show notes. But when you reach out, like make sure you mention that you heard heard my talk on this podcast and then you'll sort of break through the noise. There's a lot of these days, there's been a lot of spam and noise on LinkedIn. So if you do that, then I'll know that you, uh, you know, you hand wrote the message for me. <laughs> you, you like those handwritten emails, right? That, uh, we have a theme going. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna, Don't we all? Wanna, like, yeah. Nobody, no. nobody wants to get spammed. I mean, I don't know why people still do it. We refuse cloud sponge. We refuse to do it. It's just not worth it. Yeah. And that's really, so just, Handwrite the referral emails, handwrite the LinkedIn emails, and that kind of breaks through the noise. So, less conversion than rate over, <laughs> you know, quality over quantity every day. I like it. That's my that's my uh, my mantra. Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Cool. Thanks, Charles.